everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are uh, on the last episode of the first series of, I almost said Blackadder, <laughs> absolutely fabulous. That's um, funny, because I was actually thinking Blackadder, so I, I projected that into your mind. We <laughs> we have, we did, we did a lot more Blackadder than anything else, I think, so maybe that's why. Uh, but no, it's AbFab. We're in Series 4. Uh, time has not warped that far. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what's happening. Um, as Verb. always, yes? Oh, Verb, that's what's happening. <laughs> anyway. Um. Thank you. Uh, we will, of course, uh, we have a topic we're going to chat about. We will get into the episode, and then afterwards we'll talk about it. And our topic for today is Julia Sawala. Uh... Is that how to pronounce her name? Sawala. Sawalha? I guess so. Um, uh, I okay. I said Swala, but uh, I'm probably wrong. Sawala. So. Swala. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't uh, listen to me. You know, Regardless of whether you listen to Drew, <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, that's what this podcast is for, bringing you the information you can't get anywhere else, like the fact we that like we have so much <laughs> no idea how to pronounce know. her last name. I mean, I exactly. feel like we're close. We must be close. Um, we'll be talking about her today, uh, and of course she plays Safi on the show. I don't know why I have to say that. Um, <laughs> as there though may be anyone, somebody tuning in for the very first time, which would be very weird, but it uh, watching AbFab for the first time with us, I suppose it's possible. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about her, and as you know, if you've been with us and are not for some reason jumping into season four of this podcast, we are consulting our uh, venerable source of information. Uh, which is Wikipedia, uh, and if it's Wikipedia, it's true. If it's somewhere else, no one knows about it. It's a mystery. So here we're going to go. Well, maybe IMDb, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So uh, we, uh, we'll we be talking about Julia Sawala, uh, who is not that much older than us. She's Gen X. Yeah, so. Born in 68. years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. Five or six years older. Than uh, that makes sense. I mean, I don't remember watching the show and thinking, oh, she's almost our age, but like, obviously she was playing younger, so. Right. I mean, so we were in, we were in college and she mm -hmm. was, you know, obviously, so I mean, 1992, so she was 24 already by that point. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, she was also in Press Gang, which I think, I guess, you know, was a bigger deal uh, in the country where it was made. <laughs> Than, than it was over here. Like I've never seen it. I don't know if you have. Uh, I haven't. Of course, one of the uh, main things is I think it was one of the first things that uh, that Stephen Moffat, yep, um, uh, who was an ex-teacher himself, uh, as I learned from quickly popping on that Wikipedia. Oh, that I didn't um, know. Yeah, ex-teacher. Oh, yeah, there it is, right there. Um, <laughs> you too could find out all these interesting uh, pieces of information if only you knew how to find Wikipedia on the web. Uh, Although in a way that's not too surprising, in as much as Moffat pulled a lot of his uh, has pulled a lot of things from um, his his real life. So joking apart, which I've never seen either, which is a story kind of about his divorce from Sue Virtue, and of course uh, the fact that um, the two characters in in coupling, uh, Susan and and um, and Steve, are somewhat based on. Um, on the two of them as well. Um, I, I can't claim what part of Doctor Who is based on him, but um, <laughs> that that has prior art. Yeah, I mean, of course you can. 
I mean, you're right. Clara, I can find anything. Well, no, Clara and uh, Danny in series ten, no, series eight, um, and uh, the doctor becomes a teacher in series ten. This is true. Uh, um, what else? Well, I mean, certainly a lot of his personality is in it, but that's mm-hmm. that's less in terms of of history. Um, that's funny. Uh, I I never knew that. I don't know why I never knew that. That puts a lot yeah, of things I, in a different light. I also think this is funny. It's going to be two episodes in a row where we get derailed into Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to do. Um, it is. But yeah, so she was in Press Gang uh, before Abfab, of course. Uh, Bob Spears uh, directed more than half the episodes. It says, which makes sense because. Uh, obviously, he's a, a, a luminary on AbFab as well. Um, he worked on Faldy Towers before that, which I didn't realize. Maybe we have a Bob mm-hmm. Spears episode in our future here. But at any rate, uh, there were a lot of episodes of Press Gang. <laughs> I'm sure. All Spears are related. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so Press Gang, my understanding of it, and I've never seen it again, is that it's, it's kind of a, um, it's just a school... Uh, dramedy, I I assume. Um, School it, newspaper, hence. Yeah, gang. right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, for me, that immediately says Degrassi Junior High. But, you know, clearly there's plenty of uh, other uh, comparable shows in the UK. Uh, it, there were a lot of episodes, which I didn't realize. There was 12 in the first series, 13 in the second series, 6 in the series after that, which is you know, what I'm sort of getting used to (laughs) with these other shows. Um, Let's see. Yeah. uh, Dramedy, I think, is a good way to describe it. Uh, There's a quote in here uh, from the BFI. Press Gang managed to be perhaps the funniest children's series ever made, and at the same time, the most painfully raw and emotionally honest. The tone could change effortlessly and sensitively from farce to tragedy in the space of an episode. So tune in for Starship Podcast Warlock Season 5, which will be press game. <laughs> I do want to watch it, to be honest. I, I'm very interested uh, in seeing this. I am curious as well. Because uh, I so would like to we'll see, see. Uh, Safi in a different uh, yet substantial role. Uh, so anyway, yeah. That was the, uh, I, I think, her first kind of major role. Yeah. As far as so. I can tell. Um, and so she started there. Uh, well, she didn't start there. She was born at one point. Uh, <laughs> this is true. Well, the interesting thing is Press Gang ran from 90, uh, 89 to 93, which overlaps with the first season of AdFab. Oh, I did not realize that. Although I don't know if she was in it for the entire series, but uh, but just noting that. Um, and it looks like... In addition, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, in addition to her in 1992 appearing in an episode of Bottom. Oh, um, dear. Coming back to the, the young one's... Uh, Connection as Veronica Head, a beautiful young barmaid at the Lamb and Flag, who Richie tries to woo by boasting of his false adventures in the Falklands. It is weird um, how little I want to see Bottom. <laughs> I've seen. I have to admit, like uh, the the couple episodes that I've seen, I have not been too impressed with. But the state, the live stage shows, if you've seen bits of it, are like I think it works as a live energy uh, sort of. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I suppose it really gets into. I mean you had bits and pieces of the young ones being sort of almost three stooges like in their, in their violence. But, um, I, I think bottom is, is certainly geared more towards that, uh, uh, directly. And I think the stuff that works best in bottom in terms of what I saw on the, um, uh, on the, the live action stuff is the bits where they just break character. Um, mm-hmm. and that's actually some of the funniest bits where they're kind of just taking the piss of each other. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll 
dare to watch some more of it at some point. I, I was not enjoying the part that I did see, but uh, I don't know. It ran for at least two seasons, I can infer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, was the voice of Ginger in Chicken Run, and I forget who Ginger was, but I do remember uh, enjoying Chicken Run as much as it is possible to do so. There's been a, a recent controversy, and is that they're doing a Chicken Run sequel, and she and that role has Which... been recast because they said her voice sounds too old, and she was like, "Screw this!" and actually released recordings of her doing it now, and basically being like, "You know, hey, does this sound too young to you?" Oh my god, that's so weird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I actually remember almost nothing about that movie. Um, me, me neither. Um, Jane Horrocks was. Doing one of oh, the that's right. Yeah, movie. she was. I'm just yeah. looking at it now. We, we've gone down the Wikipedia hole, rat hole. Uh, Mel Gibson, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, and Miranda Richardson. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. There we go. How funny. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so she was in that, and she should be again, but apparently is not going to be, which is very strange. I mean, if there's any kind of movie you can do at any age, it should be an animated movie, but whatever. Um... Let's see. So she had some other credits, I guess, uh, just in various uh, TV episodes. She was in an Inspector Morse. Uh, I guess when she was younger, she did Fame as the Spur, which is a miniseries that I know nothing about. Um, <laughs> and will not click to find. All right, I'm going to do it. What is Fame as <laughs> the Spur? Let's find out. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It was based on the 1940 novel, Fame is the Spur. Well, of course. <laughs> it depicts a socialist politician who betrays his early beliefs as he grows older and was believed to be based on the Labor Prime Minister Ramsay MacDonald. Okay, that's nice. Back to Julia. <laughs> uh, she played Don the Wise Man in the Flint Street Nativity on Christmas Eve. That's something else I know nothing about. And unlike the previous credit, I cannot click to find out about it on Wikipedia. Therefore, there is no other information available. Therefore, we don't care. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, the genealogy documentary series, Who Do You Think You Are? Tracing Her Family's Roots, which are Jordanian Bedouin on her father's side and French Huguenot on her mother's. Huguenot. Huguenot. Um, oh, she was a character in Fable 2, which I, don't, I didn't know. Uh, never played it. Just played a bunch of games influenced by it. Uh, she was an episode of Midsummer Murders. Yeah, uh, a lot of just miscellaneous stuff, which honestly kind of surprises me because I, I I think she's very good. Like I mean, well, there's, I mean, there <laughs> there is certainly uh, there certainly as it lists other things that that she did. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, I am skipping around. Epi- yeah, I mean, an episode of Casualty, an episode mm-hmm. of uh, well, we can talk about Martin Chuzzlewit, but um. Uh, um she did appear apparently as herself in an episode of French and Saunders. Oh, that's uh, funny. 1996. That's entertaining. Um, uh, of course, we haven't even mentioned, although we've mentioned elsewhere, uh, the Curse of Fatal Death. Um, oh yes, of course. Uh, and Mirrorball, the uh, the pilot uh, for the show that um, kind of used most of the Abfab actors in some sort of uh, you know retired oh, yes. uh, retired actresses, which was you know. Um, it is what it is, but I mean, she popped up in that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of single episodes that she did, um, that she did, but not no other starring uh, roles that I particularly see here. Uh, but it's but anyways, you were saying um, surprising. 
Yeah, I do think it is, but um, there are a lot of just miscellaneous roles, like you mentioned. I mean, there's a lot of little episodes that she was in of, of various shows. And, of course, she was in Pride and Prejudice, the Colin Firth oh, one. Right, um, which is entertaining. Which is nothing to playing... sneeze at. Well, and her playing Lydia Bennett is is funny, because that's pretty far away from Safi in terms <laughs> of a character. Um, which is great. Yeah, 1995. So again, around the same I, time. As, I'm as pretty as sure I've seen that once, but only once. So I don't remember too much about it. Yeah, I, I assume there was some pride involved, and there may have been a little bit of prejudice. Occasional prejudice, yeah. Right. Pride with occasional prejudice. There's some Bennett prejudice. sisters. There, there's some guy named Darcy. Some <laughs> guy named Bingley. Something about falling into the water and wearing a white shirt. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. So. <laughs> That's that's Julia Sawala. Um, yeah, I mean, far too few credits in my opinion. Although, I mean, it is a fairly long page, so she did quite a bit of uh, of cameos. A lot of them appearing as herself, which is very strange. I guess they must be documentaries and reality shows. Well, yeah, or an episode of Graham Norton, but I mean, you know. right, right, right. So yeah, um, that's Julia Sawala. Anything else we want to say about her? Um. Uh, just I, I mean, just considering the role that she fills in Abfab is interesting because it's kind of, uh, you know, Safi. I, I mean, uh, Eddie and um, uh, Eddie and uh, Patsy are such a force of nature, and for her to basically stand versus both of them, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, that's that's kind of in what could be a very thankless and um and you know straight role. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's it's uh, it's pretty impressive what she does with that, in my opinion, and something that I think under other circumstances um, would just disappear behind the, the rest of the scenery chewing. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very um, I think it's very right on. I think that it, I I find her her performance in this very impressive. I think that in later seasons, and we'll see a glimpse of this in season two, series two. I don't know. Um, she. She can look very mortified when they catch her doing the kind of thing that they would do, such as having a boyfriend, being pregnant, uh, having a fling, you know, all, all of those things like her, her, her mortification, dirty magazine, right? Yes. Okay. So we did see a glimpse of it already, but just her mortification, uh, is, is, uh, really intense. Like, I mean, uh, it's a very committed performance as a remark before. And, and I think. I think you're right to observe that it's uh, that it's absolutely necessary under these circumstances. So, uh, and it, it it does make it's it's tough, I think, to play the prig constantly. Um, and so, it's great that they sort of develop her later on and, and give her a chance to uh, to be something else. And of course, my my favorite Safi line is is coming up. I don't think it's in this episode. I think it's in one of the next two series. But I'll remark I mean, on it when it happens. It. It is funny how much, uh, you know, that I don't usually care for the later seasons of the show once you get past the third season. Um, Safi has the most interesting arc on those. And so it's in true. a way I must feel bad about that because I think that gives uh, Julia some of the meteor, uh, media's parts to play, um, mm-hmm. you know, and how that affects the dynamic of, uh, of the rest of the, uh, uh, the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, uh, shall we get into this episode, which actually does have, uh, I forget how much it has for Safi. It certainly has some stuff for Safi's dad. 
Um, we observed last time that the numbering on your DVD and indeed in Wikipedia are uh, hallowed source of information uh, appeared to be wrong. We, we think that this episode, Birthday, is in fact the sixth episode. Uh, certainly it was the sixth to be aired, which makes a strong case. Uh, and it just makes more sense. I'm trying to remember where we left off in the last one. What was the last thing that happened at the end of Magazine? Uh, wasn't that um, uh, Patsy ending up as a deer in the headlights? Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> Even yeah. Amanda Decadene would have remembered the word accessories. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like the ending to this is probably the ending to the series. So uh, I would, I yeah. would absolutely agree. So we'll find out. Uh, as always, we're going to segment the episode here. We'll be back right after a little uh, musical player, and we'll watch Birthday together. All right, it is time now to watch Birthday, we uh, believe is the sixth and last episode of Series 1. As always, I will count down from three down to the word play. When I say play, we'll all start it together and enjoy this episode of AbFab. So... Uh, Jeff, are you ready? I am. All right. Audience at home, buckle up. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. So your credits are not just the regular credits, but without sound? I, they are the regular credits, but with oh. different music. Oh, I so see. I assume. She's in bed oh, again. That's back to the, yep, back to the overhead shot. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> this is how I am now. Really? Uh, yeah, getting there. Maybe in a couple of years from now, when the odometer rolls over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want a party, party, party. <laughs> huh. Is that our first reference to Granddad? Uh, I think we saw him briefly before.
God. What about bubble? We don't get bubble? No. She did deserve that. The closed captioning says mouthing. <laughs> Mine has words. <laughs> 40 wasn't so bad for me. It was all the years afterwards that started to get painful. I think after 45 realizing what was approaching... <laughs> in a few years from that it's probably what did it yeah. for me but still mostly dealing <laughs> I 
Ah, oh, yes, the great Mo Gaffney. <laughs> and of course, the great Christopher Ryan. Yes. I like to think maybe Marshall is like if Michael had this traumatic event happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> like he always wanted to marry like a rich trophy wife or something like that and like Yep. <laughs> I swear I thought she said Michael. <laughs> it did sound like that. His face. <laughs> this is very cartoony. the fact that he has this helter-skelter eyes pretty much the entire time. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> She's had a good day. Maybe the most childish she's been, even including that one tantrum. Oh, that's very impressive, actually. Wow, I never caught that before. <laughs> Do you think they're the same size? <laughs> we That was the answer to your question. Uh-huh. Her face. She is so patient. <laughs> Share and enjoy. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> Part of me likes to think that she's doing all this on purpose. Yeah. I like how she announces what she needs to do. <laughs> I love the fact that even Grand catches that. Yeah. YMCA. It's got to be a better club in London.
<laughs> yep, can relate. <laughs>
<laughs> he did give her the perfect present for her. I pity everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was kind of dressed Madonna-ish. <laughs> so, I, maybe they couldn't get the rights to that. <laughs> but I got you, babe. I think really fits the two of them. there yeah i'm still here okay are you still here am i missing something no i'm just watching this show <gasps> oh my god i think something was cut on my end oh this is fascinating we'll talk about it right after this break all right we are back to talk about Birthday, the uh, final episode of Series 1 of AbFab. Um, before we get into talking about the episode itself, Jeff, <laughs> right before the break, you seem mystified by the fact that I was still watching. Uh, and what I was watching was the two of them singing Wheels on Fire on the karaoke jukebox. Yep. Where did uh, your episode end? My episode, they showed the closing credits. Okay. And then afterwards, it faded back to them basically like about a second or two of them dancing on the table, and then it ended. And wow. It. Did you get the part where uh, uh, Mo and uh, Safi's dad were talking about the, the money and getting into the filing cabinet? Nope. Oh, oh nice. Uh, yeah, and they nope. were talking about the lawyer from L.A. and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... Keep your I, physical media, kids. Yeah, clearly. Um <clears throat> That's disappointing. And I actually do have an old copy of it that I taped off of Comedy Central when it first aired, but I'm not going to pull that one out right now. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, thank you, be... copyright, for ruining that joke. <laughs> well, to be honest, what you what you missed was not essential to the plot of this intricate episode, uh, but it, it was satisfying. Uh, yeah. So for anybody who didn't see it, uh, they do continue to sing. They sing Wheels on Fire, which is probably the reason that we didn't get the rest of it. And, um, uh, Safi or Safi <laughs> Adina's exes are plotting to uh, not have her double dip into their bank accounts uh, in, in the form of child support anymore. So actually, 
I'm going to go first this time because I want to go I raise a question before I forget it, which is it, who's older, Serge or Safi? <clears throat> and when exactly <laughs> did Adina marry these men? So she was, she's just turning 40. Safi is at university, right? Yeah. Okay. So she's what, 18? Something like that, 18 to 20, somewhere around okay. there. So. Well, let's say 18. Um, so, uh, Adina had her when she was 22 and so Serge is, I feel like Serge is older. Doesn't that seem right? I don't remember. I'm trying to think how much information we know about him. Well, the fact that he's not at university and he's out doing whatever in Hawaii, you know, it mm -hmm. kind of feels like the fact that he's finished his education already at that point. And you can imagine after the equivalent of high school, I suppose, but I think it's more likely that he went to university and finished there. And I think the implication is that he did that in America potentially as well from some of the other things that we, we see later on. Yeah. And he, uh, he had a room when he was a teenager at Adina's house. Correct. As we'll see later on. Um, and he's Marshall's kid. Right. So she married Marshall first? Huh. I thought it was the other way around. I, I always did too, but I don't see how Serge can be younger than Safi. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's interesting. You're going to have to think about this. All right. Um, so if she married Marshall first, then she married... Then she would have married him before she was 22. <laughs> Maybe when she was 20? I don't know. Well, it probably was not a long marriage, let's put it that way. Does not seem like it, yeah. And uh, and then uh, Oliver tells Justin that he lived with an antique once, but that antique must have been 22 years old. <laughs> I guess she's an antique now. I guess that's the implication. Yeah, I, I think, I think. yeah. I mean, it's a dig at her. Yeah. It's not a dig at how old she was relatively when they got married. It's a dig at what she at is. Who, at who she is now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's all very confusing because I, for some reason, had it in my head that uh, Justin was her first husband, uh, but clearly that's not Which, the case. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I'm going to have to think that out because that seems weird to me. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's something online we can read about it, but that's that's was distracting me a bit throughout this episode. <laughs> was trying or to figure unless out they're not consistent with it, like the maybe whole timeline. it was that way. I mean, well, no, because they make the reference to Hawaii in this episode. So I was going to say maybe there's stuff later on we know that contradicts. Mm -hmm. But no, it's all in this episode, those particular bits. So. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Well, uh, so that was a distracting part for me this time around, just trying to figure out that whole timeline. Um, this is a pretty great episode in a lot of ways. I think uh, it is such a treat to have Justin and Oliver and <laughs> Bo and Marshall in the same room, interacting with each other, and Bo is so pitch perfect. Like, I, I seem to remember watching this years ago and thinking, yeah, is she really that L.A.? I don't know, because she, I mean, she sort of is dressed like New England to me, but uh, but the the whole, like, um, new agey stuff that she, that she does and says makes a lot more sense to me now that I've lived on the West Coast. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if the attire is quite right, but the um, yeah. but certainly the attitude is. Yeah, and uh, well, I don't know. Maybe she's born again in some weird way, but yeah, it's and she she sells all those lines, which I feel like not every actor could do. Like I, I feel like some of it is so corny, but like you believe every word coming out of her mouth, or at least I do. 
Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, uh, there's one line that she does later in the season, even the simple, the, hi, it's me, Bo. Hi, 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 that we've made fun of. And just, <laughs> yes. just th- that little bit alone just explains so much of the personality. And hi, hi, from hi. Gaffney, it's funny, the other thing that I think are of her in, um, oddly enough, also playing the, the wife of an established uh, character um, is in that 70s show when she kind of plays one of... Um, one of Donna's uh, uh, mother-in-laws, and there she's oh. she's very much women's lib and what have you, and a, a very different character. Like I I I love the range of the character. Uh, although it's funny in the ways that she's pushy as Bo, she's also kind of pushy in that sort of uh, mm-hmm. that sort of way. Um, I love the contradiction in some ways that she's all you know um, Californian, laid back or whatever, but she's the one that's like. Um, railroading Marshall throughout the entire thing, and, you know, even even giving him stuff to eat like a horse, you know, and, and you know, it, she's not just a nurse at this point; she's gone way over yeah. into the creepy side, and it's just so, explaining it's so the difference between brilliant. the two olives. Oh my! I God. mean, she she makes this episode, in my opinion, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I'm also amused by the fact that Grand gets extra layers in this one, where there, she gets to be a little catty in some places, or bits yeah. where where you seem like you know where she could have delivered the lines as if she was completely Betty Whiteish and and uh, Rose Nylandish and and not clueful or whatever. In some bits, it's the she catches these things and she she puts in the barbs, and and I'm mm-hmm. I'm entertained by that. That hints at at how much that there may be already or that there has been potentially uh, beneath the surface, even the stuff that she pulls in, in later seasons that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's funny that the main problem that the only problem I have with this episode is there's bits where, um, and, and it's an issue I have with AbFab in general is that sometimes it's where the level of nastiness that, uh, of particularly Eddie to Safi at some point where it just goes a little too far. Yeah. And, and, and there isn't, there aren't like, there isn't like okay. There was a particular line here that did uh, that that tipped it over, but it's like the cumulative effect on this one. Um, and it's yeah, it's she is um, yeah, she is particularly horrible in this one. <laughs> like it it is a bit much, and I think that is the only I, I would agree with that. That's the only thing holding it back for me is just it's like oh god, just dial it back just a little bit maybe. Um, but no, she's just a complete horrible pig throughout the whole thing. Um, uh, I mean, even, even one justification, issuing some lines you know, that you probably could not get away with today, probably shouldn't have gotten away with then. But you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's fine with with her oddly enough sw- uh, slinging at the rest of the family, but for some reason for Safi, although you have Safi hit her, of course, and and the mm-hmm. the interesting reaction that that provokes on on her that that um, that you know she ends up being you know um, Safi is the the alpha dog in this particular case after that and and. Um, you know, on the other hand, it's interesting if you think about the idea of, okay, this is role reversal. Imagine in your mind, okay, this is parent playing it to child at that, uh, you know, at that point that would definitely cross the line on that one. And it's, it's only, it's only funny and not horrific because of the role reversal. That's Um, true. And, uh, um, well, uh, and, uh, and because of the fact that her reaction at that point, uh, um, Eddie's reaction and how childish that she's being at that point gets the laughs at that point. So that mm-hmm. kind of diffuses that a little bit. But it's it, it that that's actually a very delicate line, which I feel like they handled well. That's not actually the bit that bothered me, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the sequence, which I'd never really paid a lot of attention to before, of um, Adina and Patsy in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, first of all, it's such a great place for them to end up basically reverting to kids you know smoking up in the in the bathroom but also uh 
sometimes you watch people get stoned on TV or in movies, and they they don't really act like people act when they're stoned. And this is <laughs> pretty on target. I felt like uh, just their uh, demeanor and and uh, and general behavior. You get the same with people being drunk, and and this this feels very authentic to me. And yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of endearing in a way. The two of them together can be endearing in a way that they're kind of horrible when they're around other people. Um, but when they they are in a situation where they cannot do damage to anyone else, you know. It's much more charming. Well, it's almost funny in a way. I feel like that if they were stoned a good part of the time, they would actually be, uh, they'd be more pleasant in some ways to uh, some of the rest of the family. They'd be too g- busy giggling and falling over, I suppose. But well, they, be they were just in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but I meant if they were like that all the time. Oh, but I yeah, see, um, yeah. You'd yeah. think. Uh, um, yeah, um, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy uh, Christopher Ryan as Marshall. Oh God, the eyes, it's the eyes throughout that entire episode. (laughs) He is very funny. I mean, Justin to me is, uh, is very kind of intense. Like, I mean, I feel like his rage is, is a little over the top in this episode, but maybe not. Uh, I, I don't quite understand why he just sort of sits and seethes, uh, at the karaoke part of the party. Mm. Um, that is a little mystifying to me. I'm not sure why he stays, but uh, maybe that's an insight into his character. Uh, yeah, I mean, and at some point they got At some point they got to discuss the uh, the lawyer situation. But yeah. Um, oh, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a shame in a way we lose Oliver so early, but uh, um, he gets some some nice lines in there as well. And it's it's fascinating to me, just like. Safi starts by really smiling genuinely at her at the very beginning of it and very mm-hmm. quickly becomes irritated. And uh, I think plays feeling dutiful to be nice to her mom on her birthday and like carry on with this party that she's organized. Um, you know, balancing with the fact that her mother is being as horrible as she possibly can be, uh, is again, a tricky line to walk. If you are, uh, the, the straight person in this, scenario you know and I, I think she handles it so well um and so uh committedly uh and it's very I mean, impressive i mean the other thing is of course once everybody else shows up there's a lot of other people to sling it back at at uh mm-hmm. at her so it's not just her for it's not just safi versus uh, eddie in that <laughs> case uh, I, I was gonna say how, how much of this is um Almost Virginia Wolfish, like like I mean, just yeah. the idea of of having you know the dinner party that just sort of starts at a certain ways and then kind of uh, aggression ends up coming out and and what have you and um, you know it's a, it's an old trope but it works fairly well in this except of course it's never really that far under the surface in this case to begin with yeah <laughs> exactly uh, I love the the bit where where Bo is going to go upstairs and uh, and say hi to Adina and Safi and Marshall both go no. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, and just just how aware they all are of of what a a monster she is, um, and and how to cope. Can we talk in terms of the physical comedy? First of all, um, Patsy's entrance on the on the bike <laughs> is is brilliant, uh, and then of course Scooby-Doo. Eddie's. Uh, and then, of course, Eddie's uh, dive down the stairs and uh, and appropriate bits I've, in there. Like I've been I mean, pondering some, how they did that. 
Yeah, two two of the best uh, physical bits I think that we we see. And, it's, and they, there's plenty of physical stuff that they do of them, like, mm-hmm. you know, falling over drunk or what have you. But, like, um, yeah, actually, just it's Patsy's entrance that just cracks me up to <laughs> high heaven. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, we've we've talked about the fact that uh, we feel slightly unprepared to start ranking these. Um and why don't we just decide right now with everyone listening, are we going to uh, rank series by series as we've done in the past or just wait and do them all at once uh, at the end of the, the third series? Well, um, we could see if we're prepared for it. I, I don't quite know. I was going to say, even if we do do it at the very end, we could still say which seasons we like more than the others. And it would be obvious in terms of the rankings at that point in terms of... Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to remember what we did for previous series. Uh, we we did the at the end. So I, I actually have my ranking right here. So we can go through it if you're up for it. Um, I can absolutely wing it if you're prepared to go first. Okay, I can do that. Um, so it, it, the thing about this is I I feel the same way about this series in particular. Uh, and maybe we'll see. Maybe AdFab in general, as I have about some of the others, where like it's very difficult for me to rank. <laughs> Because I love them all so much for various reasons. Um, I have fat at number six. Um, and it's largely because something has to be at number six. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, I, I like it. Um, I just don't like it quite as much, I think, as I like some of the other ones. Um, and I, I'm not even sure I remember why. But that's where it is for me. Um, as you're winging it, what's your number six? Um, mine is fat as well. Oh, okay. Um, and pretty much splunge, splunge for me. I think it's pretty much the same reason. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, there there are things I, I commented on the first episode where the first episode I said was very good for me as a um, as like a stage play, but it felt like bits of it went on a bit too long, and maybe that was because of the fact that we felt like you know I already know who the characters are and, and yeah. what the relationship is, and and that was that was doing a great job of exploring all that stuff. But I didn't you know that fat felt more tightened up by comparison, but uh, but. Um, but I, I, I put fashion above it partially because of the fact that fashion had so many great lines and iconic lines mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. I, um, maybe that's a sign, but I have fashion number five myself. Yep. Same here. Yep. Yep. Um, and this yeah, it'd be very boring. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think so many iconic lines, but just, it just got better and more interesting as it went along and more characters were added to the mix. Um, I have, wait, sorry. Oh, no, you already said yours. So France is my number four. This is going to be very boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, and I liked France a lot more this time around than I ever have before. Um, but yeah, the, the back half of the season, I think just got really, really good. Um, yeah. I mean, France, I, I love the gag, of course, the fact that it turns out that they've been staying in the wrong place the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, I, I think the thing is that, like, it's kind of a, a long way to get to that gag, I suppose. And so um, uh, there, there's not as much in it, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, of course, we have we have Bubble being Bubble in that one, but um, which is always <laughs> good. But, uh, and speaking French, uh, which I think is magnificent. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that's an absolutely a brilliant, brilliant bit. Um uh, but, uh, and yeah, I, I actually thought that was going to end up higher on the, on the list, but I think it's just because of the fact, like you said, the back half came in and just, you know, is it recency bias? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah. at any rate, I have magazine as my number three. 
this is going to be so boring. <laughs> Maybe. There's still two to go. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Magazine was up there pretty high for me. Um, and I think there's, once again, no particular reason why it shouldn't have been that high. I think there's a lot of brilliant stuff in it. I think that the the last two just had a lot more going on, I think. Uh, Magazine has that, that brilliant stuff between Patsy and, and Safi. Um but yeah, there's just more of a mix of, of other stuff happening uh, in these last two. I, I love seeing for Magazine the fact that so much has been tied up in Eddie's job that we actually see um, we actually see Patsy's side of the world. And we yep. actually see, uh, I mean, first of all, seeing all, um, Ruby Wax, see, seeing the other folks, Helen Letterer, show up. And of course, Ed Edmondson popping in. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just the right amount of cameo, but it's amusing as hell um, when it's there. And of course, uh, the crash and burn at the very end. Uh, um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that, you know, Patsy, you know, Eddie's the one that you figure would be frozen in the headlights or whatever, but the fact that it happens to Pats is... Uh, <laughs> After bragging so much about it, I think it'd be quite good on television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, this is the problem with these last three are really just about on par for me, and I could have ended up with them in yeah. any order. Um, I put birthday at number two. So boring. <laughs> <laughs> and we we just wow. talked about the reasons why. I think it's I think it's perfect except for the fact that I I wish it were slightly dialed back on the Adina horribleness uh mm-hmm. just to balance it all out, but uh, otherwise uh very brilliant and that means we must both have Isotank at number 1. Yep, um I feel like Isotank <laughs> gets number 1 if nothing else Is this just the first time the this trans- has happened? Um, I, I, I believe be. so. Yeah. I believe so. I think it's the transformation of bubble that really does. Yes, to me. <laughs> that is definitely the cherry on top for me. Uh, I really enjoy both bubbles so much. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> Get paid. <laughs> um. <laughs> and I'm surprised. Like I liked Isotank, but if you asked me before this, I would have said France would have been higher. I would have said uh-huh. birthday would have been higher, and maybe magazine also. Yeah, um, I, I am. I am shocked by that. Yeah, I I liked almost all of these even better now than I did back then, which is saying something. Um, yep. Maybe it's just not having it around anymore makes you miss it. But, I mean, yeah, this was a very enjoyable season for me. Um, and I think the the graph of these, were we to be nerdy enough to make one, would be pretty flat uh, and, and pretty high up. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, that was easy. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that I have much more to say about this episode itself, um, or indeed this series other than just that. I, I, I think it's, it was a really great intro to the show. Um, it started at a, a high, I, I'm trying to think if I feel like, so Blackadder, I know I like the first series. I know that you were, uh, not as excited about it. I think a lot of people don't really like it until, uh, season two. I mean, there's then... bits I like about the first series, and its name is Brian Blessed, uh, and Miriam mm-hmm. um, um, Margulies, and and, um, and uh, um, Jim Broadbent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, to me, this is like the young ones, where the first series uh, is as strong as it as anything else, um, and that's a great thing about it. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Cool, cool. Well, I think we've come to the end, uh, and of course we are going to be watching the second series after this. Um, if you are interested in communicating with us in any way, uh, sending us telepathic messages or whatever, you know, go ahead and do that. 
Um, if you would like to do a more conventional means of communication, you can get a, get on Twitter. You can follow us at Starship Warlock, um, and obviously you could communicate with us that way. But you could also just keep track of when episodes drop when I remember to post the tweet about them. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what you need to know. And I think we're done. We're done with this, this podcast. With this episode. <laughs> oh, yes. right. Signing off. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were we going to do karaoke at the end of this? We could. All right. We'll spare everybody. Uh, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.